going on, everybody? How we all doing? Happy Friday. It's uh, end of the work day, right? Oh, I'm sorry, work week. If you're listening to this on a Friday, listen to this on a Saturday, and maybe you're just working on a Saturday, chilling, listening to some college football, or watch college football while you listen to this podcast. Hope you have a great weekend. Coming at you live right after the Thursday night football game, Rams, Seahawks. Rams wouldn't go ahead and won that game. Won a little money tonight on some bets, uh, so feel extra, extra good tonight. Uh, decent, you know, not a great first half, more of a defensive kind of a struggle, more a lot of a lot of mistakes first half second half definitely picked up we're gonna jump that we're gonna jump into that right off the bat also have some thoughts uh you know we, we had some some moves around the league stefan gilmore was traded jahir alexander's out for the season for the packers there he's not the only one jalen smith was traded uh, packers signed him uh matt Nagy finally made justin fields the full-time starter uh we're getting a little bit of that <clears throat> and i just want to touch on the urban meyer situation I don't, I don't want to make it a huge thing because I don't think it's that huge. Just touch on that a little bit. But before we do, as always, if you can go ahead and give me a subscribe, that would be great. Subscribe to Breaking the Goal Line podcast on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Anchor, wherever you get you know, your podcast. And if you listen on Apple iTunes, go ahead and leave me a review. It always helps. Uh, it, it's, it's good for the show. And I appreciate it if you do. All right, guys. Well, let's go. Let's just get right into this Thursday night football game. NFC West matchup. Rams at the Seahawks. Seahawks coming off a win. Rams coming off of getting demolished by the Arizona Cardinals. But I had the I, I had the Rams in this game. I thought they were gonna win. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't even it wasn't close to me. I was gonna take them in the points. I decided to go ahead and take a parlay. Three-way, same game, player prop parlay. That paid out. I'm feeling good. Uh, so that was great. The game itself. First half was a more of a feel-you-out defensive mistaked game by the quarterbacks. Penalties kind of struck the Rams a lot in that first half, allowed Seahawks to go up 7-3 to three at half. Not a very high-scoring half. But what I thought was really interesting, and I don't think I've ever seen this before, both quarterbacks, Matthew Stafford and Russell Wilson, had finger injuries on their throwing hands tonight. Stafford's came right before the half. Wilson's came at the third quarter. Right, Wilson dislocated his middle finger on the throwing hand. And for those of you who don't know, the middle finger is the last finger to leave the football when you throw it. It's a very essential finger. And it caused him to miss the entirety of the fourth quarter. But I don't think I've ever seen both quarterbacks who Matthew Stafford's wasn't as bad as, as Russ is, who, I mean, let's be face, let's face it, he broke his finger on Aaron Donald's hand, which that guy's got a fucking mitten for hands. I mean, just a paw. It's like a tiger fucking slapping you in the hand. No wonder why his finger's dislocated. Jesus. But it sucked because he was out the entire fourth quarter. And maybe that would have changed the game. While I like Geno Smith, Geno did come in and he played well. The second half was a lot better. Even before Russell Russell went out, he went out. They, they went down. He played the entire third quarter. You just could tell he couldn't throw the ball very well. But they went down. They made plays. DK Metcalf ended up getting two touchdowns. He, he got the touchdown in the third quarter to take, you know, to take the lead even further. But then the Rams just kind of put the pedal to the metal. They started running the football. Matthew Stafford hit Deshaun Jackson for a nice big play. He was Cooper Cup. Robert Woods had like 13 catches tonight. He was he was spraying the ball. He really was. I mean, it, it, the thing about Matthew, he's gonna throw some bad balls occasionally, and he threw a couple tonight. But man, at the end of the day, what was he? 
what was he, 27 of 38, right? 300 and almost 30 yards, a touchdown, and an interception that wasn't very good. He was trying to look him off. It, it was a – Conjure Diggs came out of nowhere for that pick. Came out of nowhere for that interception. Just wasn't a very good throw there by Matthew. We should have just – Stafford should have just fucking thrown it to the third row. Dude, just throw it to the third row, Matt. You're on like the 20-yard line. Just heave it. So it wasn't very great there. But I will say the second half was very entertaining. NFC NFC West matchups usually are. And this is usually how NFC matchups are. Either high scoring and crazy, or they kind of just slobber knocker slugfest in the first half. Someone kind of breaks out the second half. It was a good game. It, 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 Thursday night, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, give me Seattle, give me the Rams, give me Russell Wilson. Sucked he didn't play that fourth quarter. But I will say that Geno Smith did play really, really well. I mean... His first drive, the Rams had an unbelievable punt, which honestly, this is probably the best punting game I've ever seen in my life. Both of these guys were on fire tonight, the punters. All, I think each of them had at least three or four. They had four punts inside the 10. Inside the 10. It's pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. But Geno Smith's first drive was a 99-yard touchdown drive where he was like six for six, came in, he looked good. They ran the ball. They did a bunch of stuff. You thought, oh, Ray Russ is out, but here comes old Geno. Here comes old West Virginia's own Geno Smith coming in and making plays left and right. Just wasn't enough. He ended up throwing – Geno ended up throwing a pick. Tyler Lockett fell down on the route. Uh, you know, their def- that defense made up a good stop for the Rams. It was 23-17. 23-17 Rams. Good stop by the by Seattle's defense to give Geno and that offense a chance to go down and take and win the game. Geno throws a pick on the first possession. Tyler did fall down. There was not pass interference on that play. I don't want to hear pass interference. He tripped over his own feet. Ramsey did not trip him. He just tripped over his own feet. Done. Pick. Game over. Rams win. Rams four and one. NFC West looks pretty good. I know the Seahawks lost today and they're going down to two and three. But the NFC West is, I mean, this game alone should show you that this is anybody's division still. I don't care that the Cardinals are undefeated. I don't care that the Rams are, just beat the Seahawks and they're 4-1. I don't care that the Niners quarterback situation is kind of iffy at the moment. And Kyle Shanahan had a really, really, maybe the worst, maybe his worst month as a, as a coach, you know, in his history. <clears throat> but this division is real. It's going to take... It's going to take a decent amount of wins for you to win this division. And honestly, someone's going to have to beat someone twice. I think someone's going to have to beat somebody twice. Rams already got a win on the Seahawks, but they also got a loss on the Cardinals. This division's great. I'm going to love watching every, especially Thursday night, Monday night games, Sunday night games with the NFC West going at it. Fucking awesome. So solid Thursday night football game. It wasn't high flower, or high powered or flashy. It's kind of sucked that Russ didn't play the fourth quarter. Maybe that game comes out and be different. Maybe Russ does a little cooking, has his real Russell Wilson magic. You make some plays, maybe they take the lead. You know, I don't know. I don't know. But that's not what happened. He missed the entire fourth quarter. Seahawks lost. End of story. Rams are 4-1. and one. Seahawks are 2-3. and three. That's how the cookie crumbles in the NFC West. All right, so earlier this week, Tuesday, just a couple days ago, uh, Bill Belichick <clears throat> decided to cut his 2019 Defense Player of the Year, multiple Pro Bowler corner, Stephon Gilmore. And I believe if you go back and listen to some episodes, one of the episodes of this show, before right before the season started, I talked about how Bill was either going to cut or trade Gilmore definitely before week seven. Here we are. Week five, Gilmore is no longer a Patriot. He traded him. At first, it was they cut him. 
and it, so they cut Gilmore, but you do have 24 hours, right, to, to still trade that player after you technically quote unquote cut him. He's still under contract with you until he's you know signed by another team or whatever happens. You have that, that 40. I think it's like a 24 hour period. So they decided to trade him, and the Carolina Panthers got a sixth. You went ahead and swapped a sixth round draft pick for Stephon Gilmore, a sixth round draft pick to the Carolina Panthers, a defense who is already young and flying around, making plays, Jeremy Chin in the back, in the secondary. I think this is a very good fit for Gilmore. Look, he's not going to come in right away and do anything. He's still he's still a little banged up recovering from his injury. But they said about week five, week six, he was going to be back. Would not surprise me, week seven, Stephon Gilmore is the starting cornerback for the Carolina Panthers. Six-round draft pick, look, I don't think he's worth a lot, like a third or anything. He's been, he's been hurt, but he was the defensive player in 2019, right? I just think Bill needed to get some, just wanted to cut some cap space. He didn't want to have him there anymore. He wasn't, he wasn't going to deal with it because I don't know. Gilmore might've, might've held out quote unquote for a new contract, even though that was already threatened kind of thing to happen. But Bill doesn't play that bullshit. Bill Belichick does not play that bullshit. He doesn't. He says, you know what? They, they're they're going to give me a sixth rounder. You're out. And then you go to, that's fine. I mean, if you're Stephon Gilmore, Carolina's a good place for you. For your skill set as a corner, you are a mainly a man-on-man, right, corner that loves to play cover two. And what does Carolina do? Man-on-man or play a lot of fucking cover two. That's why they traded for you. And they only give up a six-round draft pick for someone that can come in and help this team get to the playoffs this year. I don't think it's impossible the Carolina Panthers make the playoffs. They're three and one. And they're gonna get they're gonna be four and one because they play the Eagles this week. I, I I'm marking that up as a win. Now I'm not trying to say that fuck Carolina is that good or the Eagles are that suck that much. I, I think it has a chance to be a nice high powered game, you know, back and forth first half. But I think at the end of the day, the Carolina Panthers defense is gonna clinch this shit out of Jalen Hurts, who's just kind of running around the chicken his head with his head cut off a lot of the time. They make some plays here and there, but I think they're gonna be four and one. Now they add Stephon Gilmore. They add a veteran who's been on multiple, multiple high-powered AFC teams, the Bills, the uh, the Patriots. Now he comes over to the NFC. He's got he's got a division against Tom Brady and the Bucks, which I actually think Carolina went to go ahead and traded that so he wouldn't go to the Buccaneers because if anybody really needed some Stephon Gilmore help, it's the Tampa Bay Bucks. We just they just saw Richard. They just signed Richard Sherman two days before they played him in that Sunday night game against the Patriots. You think they need some secondary help? I would say so. And I, you know, I, I don't think the Patriots wanted him to Gilmore to go to them either. That's why the, it was the cut, quote unquote. We're cutting him, and then you know I'm sure they made some calls. Hey, hey, we're looking to trade. We're looking to trade. Carolina jumped on board. I think it's a great, great pickup for the Panthers. Fantastic. Fantastic. I think by week seven, week eight, Gilmore is going to fit in real nicely with that defense who's already making plays, who's already a really good defense. They're going to, I would say Carolina is easily top five, going to be top five, maybe top three in takeaways. Their, their, their red zone defense is going to be really good this year. Good, good move by the Panthers. And, you know, hey, for Stephon Gilmore, you wanted a new contract. You kind of wanted a new start. Well, you play good here. Why doesn't Carolina just go ahead and give you a three-year deal for some nice money? You can just go ahead and finish off your career as a Carolina Panther. You know, Sam Darnold, <laughs> why not? Let's go. 
you know, look, Bill doesn't play that shit. He got a six-round pick. He cleared up some calf space. Didn't want Gilmore anymore. I kept saying it over and over and over again. He does not want Stephon Gilmore. He does not pay players their third contract. Bill does not do that. He's going to be traded. And look what happened. He's traded. Now, I thought they'd get more than a sixth, but I understand the sixth. He's been hurt. You know, last year, he wasn't very productive. He looks like he's on the decline. Well, sometimes with players like this, they go to a new, you know, new area, new new franchise, new defensive coordinator, new players around them, and you know they look a little bit better than they did on their old team. So I think I think Gilmore has a chance to look pretty good and be a really really nice piece to a team that's trying to make the playoffs at three and one. Got to be four and one after this weekend. Okay, let's transition into the other big name that was cut. This player was actually cut. The Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones went ahead and cut. Their what? One time was he one time Pro Bowler outside linebacker Jalen Smith that they two three years ago gave a hundred million dollars to or whatever it was. I get it, I get it. Mike Michael Parsons is there. You got some other young linebackers. Jalen has not produced almost like what maybe four tackles. I think he's maybe had four fucking tackles since he signed that contract three years ago. I don't see him ever. And now he looked a little bit better at the start of the season. Looked like he was flying around, but Micah, Micah Parsons clearly, clearly going to take that position over. He doesn't even stand a chance. When you look at the difference between Jalen Smith and Micah Parsons, it's not even close. And they need to, he's taking up a lot of cap space to a defense that needs some help. So why not just cut him? I'm sure they tried to, I'm sure they tried to trade him, but there wasn't probably a lot of takers for an outside linebacker that is. Not a very good pass rusher, and is a is a really good tackler in the run game. A decent coverer, so you get a not great pass rusher, a good tackler in the run game, and just a decent pass rush who's who's who, you have to pay him a lot of money. His contract's a lot of money, and he gets hurt. He's very injury prone. The Cowboys said, "Look, we need we're we're trying to win a Super Bowl. You got to go." Because at the end of the day, if they could make a move. They got some cap space cleared up. They can sign somebody if they can trade for somebody. They got some cap space cleared up for, a, honestly, a position that they don't need to be paying him all that money. Why? He was. He, I think he played like 45% of the snaps the last two games. That's not good. Like total. That's not good. That's not good. So they cut him. However, flip side, he signs with the very, very, very banged up. I mean, extremely banged up. Green Bay Packers. The last two years, the Green Bay Packers have been one of the healthiest teams in the NFL. This year, not so much. Jahir Alexander, out for the season. You know, Zadarius Smith hasn't even played a snap yet, and we don't even know when he's going to. Bakhtiari, uh, I mean, I don't even know when he's coming back. Originally, it was just supposed to be like a week or two, and he still hasn't been back, and we haven't heard a word. Not a word. That's not a good sign. So that's three out of their top five players that we don't even know when they're going to come back on the field. I mean, we know Jahir's not going to come back on the field. He's done. Which is why I thought the stuff which I why I thought Green Bay might have sniffed around for Stephon Gilmore, you know, but they went ahead and they went linebacker route, and they went Jalen Smith. It's a fine pickup for them. So they need some explosiveness. They need some good tackling. They need some new blood in that defense because it's getting torched. My defense is getting torched, and I understand they got injuries, and they're going to probably keep getting injuries because the injury bugs. The injury bug just plagues a team every year. We saw it with the Niners last year. You know, it just it just happens. It fucking happens. Packers are are hurt like a motherfucker right now, and I understand. You know, the Jalen Smith move is fine, and I bet they're not even paying him that much money. I haven't even seen this contract yet, but I bet it's not that much. It's somebody that 
that they're going to sign because they're trying to make a Super Bowl run. They need to stir up that de- stir up that defense a little bit with no Zedarius, with no Jahir Alexander anymore. I mean, you need somebody in there. The Packers, at least, at least the Packers went and picked up one of these guys. Because if, if you walk out of this and Gilmore and Jalen Smith are both cut pretty much the exact same day, you're the Green Bay Packers, and you your safety, your secondary's hurt to shit, your linebackers are hurt to shit, and you don't take either one of these guys, that would be fucking awful. Brian Gudikins would need to be fired right away. You're trying to win a Super Bowl. You just have two pro bowlers that just got cut. Just go, just sign one of them. And they did. And they did. So I got to give that to the Packers. Now, I don't know if Jalen, I don't know how effective he's going to be for a whole season, but it's worth the swing. Take the swing on this guy. He's athletic. He can tackle. He flies around. He seems like he's a great, great locker room guy. Why not? Why not Adam? You're trying to make a Super Bowl run because this is Aaron Rodgers last year in Green Bay. And we all know it. And I'm talking about Aaron Rodgers next. Got a nice little segment about him next where I, he th- where I think he's going to go. Not, not in Green Bay anymore. So let's go win a Super Bowl, Gudikins. Let's go win a Super Bowl, LaFleur. Let's go win a Super Bowl, Aaron. Okay, that's fine. Go take a swing on Jalen Smith. Your defense is ass. Now, you have, now, you're, now you're down probably arguably second best corner in the league. You're down one of the best pass rushers in the league. You're down one of the best left tackles in the league. Take a swing. They took a swing. Now now make it count. I think you lose this Sunday anyway, by the way. All right, let's get into the Chicago Bears. Matt Nagy has finally, finally, I have been waiting since draft night, draft night for Matt Nagy to name Justin Fields the full-time starter. He had to just swallow his shit. Sometimes as a man, you got to just swallow your shit and move on. It was a horrible, abysmal, atrocious signing that you gave Andy Dalton $10 million. And Matt Nagy has to be somewhat in love, like has to have some type of huge just love infatuation with Andy Dalton to pay this fucker $10 million. I'm sorry. What were you doing? I understand you thought you were desperate. You didn't have a quarterback. You just came off all this shit. So you gave him $10 million. But then Justin Fields falls in the draft. You trade up to get him. And then all preseason long, Nagy, you just pounding the table about how Andy Dalton's the guy. He's the guy. He's the guy. We're not starting Fields. No way. Stay away from Fields. Stay away from Fields. Andy Dalton fucking sucked. He was awful. And then he got hurt. And then instead of playing fields more, bits and pieces, he comes in and gets his ass ate up in that game. Ass ate up. Just destroyed. So now, finally, he's named the full-time starter after last week. He didn't know. Could be Nick Foles. Could be Andy Dalton. Could be Justin Fields. I've been high on Matt Nagy for a while now. But this year... He's a fucking roller coaster, and I think he's having a tough year. So I'm going to cut the guy a little bit of slack because a lot of people said that he should have been fired this year. Him and Ryan Pace both should have been gone. I didn't. I did not. And then he was able to get Justin Fields. And while he should have played Justin Fields from week one 100%, it's not even arguable anymore after watching Justin Fields start one football game. It's not arguable that he should, should have been the starter since day one. But that's fine. Matt Nagy swallowed his shit, and he said, you know what, Fields is it. I don't give a fuck if Andy Dalton's healthy. Nick Foles who? 
Oh, you're talking about the guy who won a Super Bowl like six years ago as a backup and then went to Jacksonville and fucking tore his collarbone on the first play? Nick Foles is making a lot of money. Congratulations, Nick Foles. You're not starting on this team. You don't start over Justin Fields. Nick Foles? Andy Dalton? What are we talking about, Nagy? Thank you. Thank you. Because now I can finally get some fucking sleep at night knowing that you're not playing the Red Rifle or Nick fucking Foles. At least the Bears have a chance of winning football games now, which I think they got a good chance this weekend, actually. Good spot for the Bears. Good spot for the Bears this weekend. I I, I mean, Justin Fields is going to make his second straight start. He's going to his third total game. He's going to improve each game. They got the Raiders. It's in Las Vegas, right? But I don't know. I think, I, I kind of like this spot here. I think the Raiders' defense. I think I think Justin Justin Herbert kind of showed the flaws in this in this Raiders' defense. They are slow. They are slow. They can tackle now. Finally, they can tackle, and they're getting a little bit more of a pass rush because Max Crosby, that he's he's a badass white boy. That guy. And, and, you know, their back end is a little bit better, but they're fucking slow. They are so slow. Unbelievable how slow that that, that defense is. You know who's not slow? Justin Fields. You know who's not slow? Allen Robinson. You know who's not slow? Darnell Mooney. These guys are not slow. I mean, these guys are burners. Burners. I think the Bears got a good shot this week against the Raiders. For sure. 100% a good shot. Fields making his... Second start, his third total. I mean, because Andy Dalton got hurt in that first one. I guess you could say it's his third start because Andy Dalton got hurt so early in that game that Fields kind of came in for like pretty much the whole game, right? So I guess we could say third start, but not technically. But I'm, I'm ha- at least I can sleep at night now, not tossing and turning and having these nightmares about Matt Nagy starting Nick Foles and Andy Dalton over Justin Fields anymore. Let's play the kid. Let the 4-3 man show you what he's got. Let the Ohio State cannon throw some bombs down the field to my man, Allen Robinson. Okay? Let's let's finally let it fucking happen. Let Chicago feel some joy this year. Some fucking joy. Because even in the wins that they've had, I mean, God, it's ugly. Terrible. Terrible. Let's let Justin Fields come in. And at least if you don't win a game, Justin Fields is going to make you feel good. Because it's fun to watch that fucker. Just is. I watched him every snap at Ohio State. I watched almost every snap he took at Ohio State. This is pretty good. I like him. And I think he's going to be fine with the Bears. I think he's got weapons galore. Thank you. Thank you, Matt Nagy. Let's see what the kid's got. Let's see what he's got because I'm tired of watching Andy Dalton. I don't want to watch Nick Foles. I want to watch Mooney and Robinson. And when Montgomery gets back healthy and, 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 uh, and Cole Clement out here catching bombs bombs from the Ohio State prodigy. Now let's transition from one NFC North quarterback to another in Aaron Rodgers. Talked a little bit about the Packers early. Said I was going to allude to Aaron Rodgers' next destination. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you, but I watched that game Sunday against uh, the Steelers and Packers, which it was a fucking route. It was a route. Bottom line, it was a route. But at one point in the game, while the Packers were well up, I mean, come on, it wasn't even going to be close. Aaron Rodgers kind of scrambles out to the right towards the Steelers' sideline, throws the ball, gives Mike Tomlin a little smile, a little Aaron Rodgers discount double check kind of smile, little head nod. You know, you know that meme about that guy is 
he does the little head nod, like, yeah, yes. You know, just so happy. That was Aaron Rodgers on the field. It was the happiest he's ever looked. Looking at another team's coach right in the eyes. Gave him the biggest smile I think I've seen on Aaron Rodgers' face since he's won the Super Bowl. You know what Mike Tomlin did? Mike Tomlin pretty much gave him the double finger guns. Pretty much right there on national television gave Aaron Rodgers the double finger guns wink. Like, I'll see you next year, buddy. Aaron Rodgers is not going to be on the Green Bay Packers. I do not believe it. I think he's a fucking idiot if he leaves. I will keep. I will say that. I think he is a moron if he leaves the Green Bay Packers. If he leaves what he has in Green Bay, I think he's an idiot. However, I think if he goes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, not so much of an idiot. Because you go to the Pittsburgh Steelers, which fits, by the way, people. I don't want to hear this doesn't fit. This is really, really intriguing to me. I think this works really, really well. Aaron can overcome the bad, very, very bad, most of the time, offensive line the Steelers have, which, sure, they can work on and get better, but Big Ben can't overcome that right now, right? And even if they have the same offensive line next year or maybe add a few pieces, it's not going to be tremendously better. Big nobody, nobody can really overcome. Big Ben can't move. Aaron Rodgers can overcome a very poor offensive line. You know, Big Ben cannot clear anymore. A very versatile receiving group the Pittsburgh Steelers have. They have a guy that can go deep and make plays. They got a very possession-wide receiver. They got a guy that you can hand the ball off in the backfield, throw a five-yard out, and he'll take it 50 yards. Claypool, Juju, Johnson. They got a very versatile receiving group that Aaron would make look Really, really well. Not to mention they just drafted this guy, I don't know, Najee Harris. That would be unbelievable with Aaron Rodgers. Oh, and I'm forgetting this one little last thing. I mean, I don't know. I think the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers is this guy. He won a Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, Mike fucking Tomlin would be his head coach. Easily the best head coach he's ever had. Now, I like Mac. I like I like LaFleur a lot. I do. I think LaFleur is a good coach, but he's not Mike Tomlin. A Super Bowl winning, unbelievable head coach of a huge franchise. Plus, he would go to the AFC, right? He would go from the NFC to the AFC. Now, I know what you're saying. Russ, if he goes to the AFC, you got Mahomes, you got Herbert, you got Allen. You even got Baker and the Browns. I know, I get it. Like, I get it. There's great teams and all those other great AFC young quarterbacks and teams. But a part of me... A big part of me thinks that Aaron wants to sit, switch conferences. A little like uh, this guy, I don't know, TB12 Tom Brady. Went from the AFC to NFC and won a Super Bowl. I think Aaron wants to try to win a Super Bowl in another conference. Why not the Pittsburgh Steelers? Why not? Ben is done. Aaron's looking over there like, all right, well, you got the defense. You got TJ. You know, you got Mika. You, you, you got Mike Tomlin. You got a versatile wide receiver group. You got a running back that I can hand the ball off to and throw it to. Your offensive line is poor, but let's work on that, and I can overcome that. Why not? Why the fuck not? And it's like he's going from the Green Bay Packers, a historic franchise, to maybe even a more historic franchise in the Pittsburgh Steelers. So Aaron Rodgers gets to be loved by the Green Bay Packer fans, and then he'll be loved by the Pittsburgh Steeler fans, probably the two most biggest fan base, most traveled fan bases in the NFL. Fucking A, Aaron. He just wants it all. He wants it all. 
just wants to suck it all, suck all the teats in the world. I get it. I would too if I'm Aaron Rodgers. Why not? Sucking on the teat of greatness. Fuck. I think this works. I would love to see this personally. Personally, I would actually love. I want Aaron Rodgers to leave the Green Bay Packers because me as an NFL fan makes it better. Makes it interesting. Fuck, now we got Aaron Rodgers on another team, hopefully Pittsburgh, because I think that maybe is his best landing spot. And he's got some other good teams. You know, like I wouldn't mind Denver. I would not mind Denver either, as long as I get a new coach, because Vic's not the guy. But I wouldn't mind Denver either. I want Aaron to leave. I want him to leave because it's better when they do. Like when Tom left, how fucking awesome is Tom? Left the Green Bay, I mean, left the Green Bay, left the Patriots to the Buccaneers, and now is a Super Bowl. Now is a Super Bowl. Aaron Rodgers, I think, looks over at Tom Brady and says, you know, I kind of want to fucking do that. I kind of want to do that. You know, you know how I need to do that? I need to go to the Pittsburgh Steelers, baby. Let's go to the Steel City. Why not go with probably the league leading in sacks every year in TJ Watt? Why not go with one of the best playmakers in the secondary, Mika Fitzpatrick? Why not hang out with one of the best guys in this league that can just catch and run at any point and chase Claypool? I, why not be able to sip mojitos on the offseason with Mike motherfucking Tomlin? I would. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, the only way I'm leaving Green Bay, which I would think he's an idiot if he leaves Green Bay, but the only way I'm leaving Green Bay is if I'm going to a franchise like that, if I'm going to the Steelers. I'm not going to the, like, I'm not going to the Lions. Like, I know he wouldn't go to the Lions, but I, I, I don't even know. Even Denver, who is a historic franchise, I don't even know if I go to Denver. Like, there's some teams around, like, I'm definitely not going to. Like, I'm not going to Miami. Like, if I'm Aaron Rodgers, why the fuck would I go to Miami? Why? That doesn't make any sense. Houston? Get the fuck out of here. You know who does make sense? Mike Tomlin and the fucking Pittsburgh Steelers, baby. That makes sense. Give me a little Aaron Rodgers. 2022. Starting the season in the black and gold for Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. How fucking pissed off would all the Green Bay Packers fans be? God, that would be great. Let's go, Rodgers, to fucking Pittsburgh, baby. I'm calling it. Okay, so quick thing I want to touch on is this uh, whole Urban Meyer situation. Now, look, the first thing I want to say is this is not a good look. It's just It's not a good look when you're getting filmed at a bar you know, by some fucking random booger eater that decides he sees Urban Meyer at a bar and wants to fucking film him because it's 2021 and all us assholes have to pull our cameras out and record every second of our fucking lives instead of enjoying it. That's neither here nor there. Wasn't not a good look. I get that. This is a little bit overblown here, people. A little bit overblown. Some parts of this is, this is to me a guy who's 0-4. Clearly, he probably feels like he's drowning. A little over the head. He looks like he's over his head. They played in Ohio where, I don't know, he's lived for how long. He's got his family. He's got everything there. Like, he went to a bar. I understand. You know, like, I don't know. Urban Meyer has never really been my cup of tea kind of guy when it comes to, you know, his morals. Questionable, questionable character. He's kind of a fraud. He is. We all know that. I mean, if, if you know anything about him, he's kind of a fucking fraud. But he's a hell, one hell of a college football coach. But he's not a good NFL coach. And now he's out after losses, having a couple drinks, you know, with some friends. Get some nice, nice hot babe dancing on him, you know. And he, he kind of did that arm thing, like, you know, over, like, oh, we got some separation. 
But this fucking guy, like 20 minutes of footage on Urban. What a piece of shit, dude. Like, you have nothing better to do but then film this famous guy who has way better life than you do because the only thing you have to do is go home and put on your fucking Pornhub and hang out with your boys on fucking Xbox Live. You're a fucking waste of time, dude. What fuck are you doing? Like, I, the dude was having a couple pops with the boys. Fuck are we doing here? I, and now look, I think it's a bad look that he did not fly back with the team. You do that as a head coach. You are in the NFL. You are about football now. This is not recruiting and being able to go out on Sundays after you beat the shit out of Maryland on Saturday. This is not that. You are in the NFL. You are 100% about football. You had to come out and apologize. It was an embarrassing moment for you. But I think people are blowing this out of fucking proportion. Man, the man was out having a couple drinks. I understand Urban Meyer is not the best, you know, moral kind of guy. Everybody said this. He's not, you know, he's kind of a fraud. I get it. I understand all this stuff. You know, he should have been with the team. Oh, he's got a wife. Well, you know what? His wife literally said, uh, like tweeted after that, uh, I, I, want, I, I gave him a, a night out. You know, this is what they do. How do you know they're not fucking sleeping with other people? These rich people do it. All. I mean, Will Smith, him and, him and, him and Jada has been having an open relationship for like 20 years. What the fuck are we to judge these fucking people? Who, who are we? To judge these people. You know, I, I, ju I judge these guys that put on their pads through this microphone every day. They're putting on pads, doing their job. I'm not looking at it, some dude that's trying to have, a, a, you know, kill some his 0-4 start with probably four shots. Having some nice 23-year-old hot blonde babe dance in front of him. Fuck, we're all human. Jesus, man. This man's out here trying to have a couple drinks with some boys. He's from there. He's literally from there. That's where he lived. It's a bar that he's gone to multiple times. Like, I understand. It's got sorority girls around him. It's a bad look. I'm not trying to – like, he shouldn't have done it. He should not have done it. He should have flown home with the team. It's about being in the NFL. It's about winning games. And I don't know if Urban's about that. And I think this weekend kind of showed you that. He might not be about this life. He just not – he might. It's hard. So he wanted to go out and have a few brewskis. You know, have some pops with the boys. There's nothing wrong with that, in my opinion. It's a man that goes out. We're all fucking. This is his job. So what? After my job, after my nine to five, fucking bagging groceries, I'm not supposed to go out and have some couple beers with the boys before I go back to the nagging or whatever the fuck's going on. I don't. What? What are we talking about? It's it's been blown out of proportion. These people saying that he should be fired because of this, or or they, I saw something, just some stupid people on Twitter saying they they gotta investigate the girls because Urban is has sexually harassed girls. What are we talking about? What are we doing? We're steering the narrative away from a bad football coach. He made a he made a bad decision to go out and not fly home with the team. This isn't a huge deal, honestly. This is not. This thing is getting overblown a little bit. Urban's clearly over his head in the NFL, but man, the dude's 0-4. He's just trying to have a couple vodka fucking sodas, okay? Let him have some vodka sodas. Stop being a booger eater. Stop taking your phone out and recording all these guys every fucking time. Jesus, let the man just, you know, have a little fun. You wish you were had much money as you did to do that recorded that video. You wish your life was as good as Urban Myers. God, fucking God, piss me off. All right, let's get into uh, week five's game. You know, that segment, Urban Meyer segment, was supposed to be like maybe two minutes shorter than it was. I told you I was going to make it short. Didn't really. I started ranting. That's what happens when you – that's what happens here on breaking the goal line. You know, I give you straight up my opinions, my thoughts coming right off the sleeve. You know, this ain't no bullshit fucking fraud nonsense like Urban Meyer has occasionally. Give you shit right off the cuff here. But let's dive into the early games, week five. 
you know, decent slate of games here. Uh, you know, the earliest game is in London, the Jets and Falcons. I actually really like the New York Jets in this spot. I think they're plus three right now. I don't hate it on the bet. I like them in this spot here. They're, their defense is a lot better than people give them credit here for, folks. Just go look. Robert Sala is doing something with that defense. Atlanta can't score. Cordero Patterson is the only player that can score on that team. Atlanta cannot put the ball in the end zone right now, and their defense is abysmal. It's in London. The uh, While Atlanta is not like it's super, you know, closer than New York, but I'm pretty sure the New York flight is at least an hour and a half shorter from Atlanta. So I know while it's not a huge difference, that's still an hour and a half less. you got to be on an airplane. That's some type, some sort of advantage. I think Zach Wilson is starting to find his groove a little bit here. I got the sniffles. Excuse me. I think Zach Wilson is starting to find his groove a little bit here. I like the Jets in this spot. You know, not enough to maybe throw, you know, 100, 100 bucks, you know, 50 bones on them on the line or anything. But I think the Jets have a chance to get their second one of the season. Two back-to-back wins here for the New York Jets, maybe. Pats and Texans. Uh, Pat, Patriots at the Texans here. I don't really think there's much in this game. Um, honestly, Probably not going to be one that's on much. I don't think either one of these teams is going to score very much. So probably not going to watch a lot of that game. Nothing really excites me about that game. Mac Jones maybe keeps it going. Maybe. maybe. I mean, I think the Patriots win this football game. So maybe Mac keeps it going. Uh, Lions at the Vikings. I think the Vikings crush them here. I think the Vikings bounce back from that. I mean, they put up seven points against the Browns. I mean, it was a clear slobber knocker, old school, you know, kind of matchup. I think the Vikings come out firing against a feisty Lions team. I think in the second half, the Vikings get up and they start rolling them. They probably end up winning this football game by about two scores. Eagles at Panthers. I already talked about this game a little bit. I love the Carolina Panthers in this spot. Love that they're at home. I think the Pan- they get back in the win column You know, after that loss last week, which wasn't a bad loss, ladies and gentlemen. They lost like seven points. I know the Cowboys at one point were up, and you could say, oh, that last touchdown was garbage touchdown. Look, this Carolina Panthers team, which just added Stephon Gilmore, who won't play in this game, but they're rolling. Sam Darnold looks good. Christian McCaffrey, I think he might be back this game. But even if he's not, Chuba Hubbard is no slouch. This Oklahoma State running back is really, really fucking good. Really good. And that defense is going to make plays. Like I said, Jalen Hurts, most of the time he run around with a chicken with his head cut off. He makes plays, and they got some playmakers. Zach Ertz is coming alive again. He looks healthy. Devontae Smith, Jalen Rager. But the thing about the Eagles is their offense and defensive lines right now are in shambles. And that's the only really good thing they had coming into this. Like, solid. They probably had easily top five on both offense and defensive line. Well, now two of their offensive linemen are hurt and two of their best defensive linemen are hurt. Not a good spot here for the Eagles. With a pretty physical Panther team, Eagles aren't very physical, especially losing their tackle and right guard. Not very physical. I think Panthers... I think the Panthers might be able to win this one pretty easily. Saints at Washington. I don't really know what to make of the New Orleans Saints at this moment. I don't know. And it's mostly of their quarterback situation. I talked about this on the last podcast. You know, if you have two quarterbacks, you have one. I mean, if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. That old saying. Sean Payton, I, I, I said, is the, only co- is the only coach, I believe, that can make this kind of work. But has it worked? I mean, other than week one, Jameis has not looked very good. T- Taysom Hill at times looks good, but that's when he's running the football. He hasn't really looked good throwing it, and he throws a decent amount. Because I think Sean Payton's still on the on the I think he's still on the fence about who he's actually gonna trust when it comes down the stretch. I don't know what to make of the Saints team. I know that their defense is pretty good. 
but their defense also very susceptible to give up the big play. What do the Washington football team do? They just came off of a walk-off win last week. They make big plays. Terry McLaurin, uh, J.D. McKissick, Antonio Gibson, Tyler Heineke just runs around and he makes big plays. This Washington defense is pretty good, too. Now, they're no 85 Bears like everyone thought they were going to be coming into the season, which I thought was insane. Let's pump the brakes. Chase Young is fantastic, but this this guy's not Lawrence Taylor. You know, he's not going to be 12 sacks a year kind of guy right off the bat. Maybe he'll develop into that, and I think he can get 12 this year, sure. But, I mean, it's not an 85 Bears kind of defense we're talking about here. They're good defense. I actually kind of like Washington in this, in this matchup. At home, coming off of a walk-off win, the Saints coming off of a— it, it was just a really sloppy, ugly game. And I feel like every game except for week one for them, we don't even really know what they do or who they are. You know, Alvin Kamara, he's kind of quiet for most of the game. He'll pop. He'll have one. I just don't think the Saints have an identity right now. And I think the Washington football team actually do. Their identity is just to be the underdog, just to go out there and try to hit grand slams. And you know what? It's going to win against teams that don't know an identity. I like Washington this week. I do. I would not be surprised at all. Titans at Jaguars. This might be the worst game of the weekend, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, it might be the worst game of the weekend. The Titans, A.J. Brown, Julio Jones, I still haven't heard if they're coming back yet. I know I know, Julio is more on the track than A.J. Brown is. So if, as long as they get one of them, that's fine. Jacksonville is Jacksonville. But Jacksonville's getting better. That offense is getting better. That defense is horrendous. But Trevor Lawrence... Looking like he's getting more, you know, more involved in it. LaVisca Chenault, that guy's a playmaker. James Robinson, that guy's a playmaker. I understand their coach just came from a, a sorority house. Probably slept with a couple girls. I get that. But look, they can put something together here. The Titans have worse defense maybe in the NFL. It's atrocious. It is atrociously bad. They just lost to the fucking Jets. I mean, in a game where they should not have lost. Where Russ Wilson, uh, Zach, well, Zach Wilson actually looked pretty good. And I think he can look in, again at... 9.30, is it 9.30 Eastern time? The Jets and the Falcons play in London? Yeah, so if you're up 6.30 my time, I will not be up that early, but maybe a cup of coffee at like 7.15, roll out of bed on a Sunday, put a little J-Mo in it, watch the little Jets beat the Falcons. Titans-Jags, not a very intriguing game for me here. Uh, Finns and Bucks. Tampa's going to fucking roll them. I, I, there's no doubt in my mind that Tampa rolls the Dolphins in this situation. Off of a loss, both teams actually, the Dolphins are in shambles. Jacoby Brissett, I, I came out on this. I came out after week three and said Jacoby Brissett is clearly better than Tua Tagovailoa. I don't fucking know. He's bad too. He looked horrible last week. That that, that offense is awful. I mean, they're de- Austin Jackson is a just a revolving door. Their offensive line can't get it to go. This defense, who that was their was their rock last year. I mean, they hung on to a lot of wins because this defense. It's just not the same. The Dolphins, just, they just don't feel like a very solid team right now. They feel kind of lost. I feel bad for Brian, Brian Flores. I think Buccaneers win this game by 17 points, maybe more. I don't think the Dolphins stand a chance, stand a chance in Tampa Bay. Here we go. Here we go. Upset of the week. Mark it down. Mark it down, ladies and gentlemen. I just talked about this quarterback. He's not going to be there next year. Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers are rolling into Cincinnati. And Joey Burrow and the boys are going to handle their business, ladies and gentlemen. Calling it right here, right now. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to beat the Green Bay Packers. I just talked about how banged up they were. They are hurting. So they have no one to cover Jamar Chase now because 
I don't know who's their second best corner. He runs like a 4-8. Jamar Chase runs a 4-4. You also have to deal with Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins and, and C.J. Uzama. I don't think this defense is, is honestly, this is not the Steelers. This, they're not playing the Steelers here. They're playing the Cincinnati Bengals and Joey Burrow, baby, who can throw the football, push the ball down the field, and run it down your throat with Joe Mixon. Now, you can say the same thing. Well, the Packers got Aaron Rodgers. They got Devontae Adams. They got Aaron Jones. They got uh, Mardez Valdez-Scantley. They got Robert Tunyon. Yeah, they do. It should be a battle of offenses. But I'm going to take the I'm gonna take Cincinnati's defense over the Green Bay Packers defense. This def- I'm telling you, I'm telling you, just watch this game this weekend. This defense is a lot better than people are giving them credit for. That defensive tackle, he might be, other than Aaron Donald, the best defensive tackle in the NFL right now. They are flying around and making plays. I think they force Aaron Rodgers into an interception early. I think Joey Burrow gets up on him. I think at half, maybe scores about 17-14. And I think the Cincinnati Bengals take it over in the second half. Aaron Rodgers, when he gets down in the second half, he lays an egg. Lays an egg. You know who's not gonna let that shit happen? Mike Tomlin next year when he's in, when he when he's a Steeler. Mike Tomlin's gonna say there's no fucking laying eggs here in Pittsburgh, baby. That's that Green Bay bullshit. You don't do that here in the Steel City. You do that shit in fucking Lambo. Cincinnati Bengals. They're gonna beat. They're plus three right now, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna talk about bets of the week a little bit later. Maybe a little hint hint at who I think bets of the week is here. Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow defend their home field while Aaron Rodgers and the Packers come in. Sunday, baby. Let's go. Uh, last early game, Broncos and Steelers. Honestly, the best kicker wins because neither team is going to be able to score points. Teddy Bridgewater, I don't even know. He's still kind of dealing with an injury. Drew Locke, if he does start, honestly, if Drew Locke does start, I think gives him a better chance to win this football game just because they're going to need a, they're going to need big plays against this defense. They're going to need a lot of big plays. We already know that Ben Roethlisberger is not going to be able to move the ball. They might have 100 total yards of offense because both of these defenses are fantastic. And both of their quarterbacks suck, like horrible. And these offensive lines aren't any good. You know, I don't think Vic Fangio is a good coach. And I love Mike Tomlin. But whoever kick, whoever's kicker is better in this game is going to win. This game is going to be decided by a field goal. Okay, let's move on to the late games. Just four late games, you know, this week. And we're getting into the... We're getting to the point, you know, where we only have four late games. Going to start getting buys and everything like that. But four late games already talked about. One, Bears-Raiders. Uh, I really I, I like the Bears in this spot. Uh, maybe another little hint at better of the week here. Uh, but, look, I can see the Raiders winning this football game. Raiders are a good team. They are a good football team. They came off of a tough loss against the Chargers on Monday night where Derek Carr kind of looked a little rattled. Kind of looked like he was getting a little rattled. And Joey Bosa, even after the game, stated, you know, look, we thought if we can get to Derek, and we've seen this, and Joey, no, I mean, he's played him a lot, and they're in their division. We've seen that if you can hit Derek, he's going to get rattled. Well, the Bears got some guys that can hit Derek, too. If Derek gets a little rattled early, Justin Fields does his thing. I'm just saying, keep your eyes out for this late game. It's a good one. Actually, all these late games are actually kind of good. Browns and Chargers, second late game. Fantastic. This is an AFC playoff matchup in the making. High-powered offense against a very, very much improved defense with the Browns. High-powered offense being the Chargers, not Baker Mayfield. We've seen that already this year, which he'll get it going in the second half. I talked about Baker. I'm not going to try to put him down right now. Talked about him. Talked about him earlier. Uh, this should be a good one. Should be a really good one. Uh, I, I I would imagine it's going to be on the red zone a lot uh, just because Herbert's probably going to move the ball a lot. But then again, Browns defense comes to play. But this Browns defense, is look, they're young. 
Herbert and this Chargers offense, I mean, they could carve him up. They could. They could definitely carve him up. Giants and Cowboys. I, I'm right, right, right not on paper. This might not be a great game, but it's an NFC East matchup. And just like the NFC West matchups, 98% of the time, it's going to be a pretty solid football game. I like the Cowboys in this spot. They're at home against the Giants. Kind of a dysfunctional team right now. Don't really know what they're doing. However, they did get a win in overtime. Saquon looked a lot healthier. Kenny Galladay kind of was coming alive. You know, this is an NFC game here. Anything can happen in a divisional game. Anything. We've seen the Giants multiple times years where they've sucked beat the Cowboys when they were quote unquote the best team on paper. We've seen the, we've seen Washington do it. We've seen it we we seen it year in and year out in this division. So while I do think the Cowboys should win this football game, if the Giants win it, I'm not going to be overly surprised here. But the Cowboys are a much much improved football team. They are a good football team. The Giants are not a good football team. Last last uh late game Personally, my my favorite of the day. Niners at the Arizona Cardinals. Looks like Trey Lance is going to go ahead and get the start. I can still see Jimmy Garoppolo starting. They haven't said anything. They said that Jimmy's injury isn't as bad as Jimmy thought. Here's my thing about Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo is the kind of player that when he gets hurt in the game, the first thing he says at the podium is how bad it hurts. And how, and, and, and how and how bad he thinks the injury is and how negative he is and just how, I don't know, maybe he wants to be hurt. Like last year when he was up in the box with his porn star girlfriend drinking a Corona, pretending to take notes. And Jimmy Garoppolo comes up to the podium after the game talking about how bad his calf is. He doesn't know how long it's going to keep him out. It hurts really bad. Oh, does it hurt, Jimmy? Oh, Jimmy, you got a boo-boo. Shut the... This is the NFL, boy. This is the NFL. I can say I have a boo-boo. Because I'm 28 years old, I don't fucking play in the NFL. I do DoorDash and shit for a living. Talking a microphone. So if I got a boo-boo, that's fine. Take it to my mom, she'll kiss it for me. Jimmy Garoppolo, you're on the fucking... You're your quarterback of one of the best franchises in the NFL. One of the most historic franchises. And you're saying you got a boo-boo? Come on, buddy. Trey Lance needs to start for the rest of the game. Jimmy's done. Jimmy has to be done. I talked about this on my last pod. It's done. It's over. Trey Lance has to start from this point on. And even if even if he's not very good, you just got to swallow it. Because Kyle took this guy number three overall. He's just got to play. But his first start against the 4-0 Arizona Cardinals that just came off of an ass kicking. As long as the Cardinals don't overlook this game and it's not a trap game, which very well could be. Usually divisional games are hard to be trap games, though. If as long as it's not a trap game, I don't know how Trey Lance and the San Francisco 49ers have a remote chance. I think it's going to be closer than people think in the first half, third quarter. But, man, in that fourth quarter, that's that's the bread and butter. You're not going to be able to catch Kyler anymore. You're not going to be able to catch Chase anymore. Uh, J.J., Buddha, Chandler Jones are going to start pressuring you. Trey's not a super big runner. He's going to make a lot of mistakes. I imagine he has a pick or two before the fourth quarter comes. And, and this game probably ends with a 10-point win by the Arizona Cardinals. I, I just, I think this is a tough spot for Trey Lance. And Kyle is the one that put him in this tough spot. I mean, Kyle refused to play him. And then we saw last week when he's forced into the game, he looks like he's not even practicing with the team. It's not good right now for the San Francisco 49ers. This is a must, must, must win against a very good team. 
Now, I will say this. For whatever reason, the Arizona Cardinals play better on the road than it is at home in Cliff Kingsbury tenure. There's been a few games, very few games, where we actually play really, really well at home. You know, we might win some, but it's not a, it's not, it's not a, it's not a very good, good win. We just play better on the road with Cliff. You know, since in Cliff and Kyler's tenure, we have. We saw that win the Minnesota game. Right, we, we, we went to Tennessee, rocked the fuck out of them, came back home to Minnesota. It took them missing a 37-yard field goal to beat the cards. And then, we, you know, I mean, we go to Jacksonville, you know, kind of a game. Then we go to L.A. And we destroy them. Now we can come back, come back to the nest. I don't know. It's always a trick, tricky spot. Like I said about the division, like same thing with the NFC East. These games can always be kind of close. Really tough spot here, though, for Trey Lance and the Niners. Really tough spot. Sunday Night Football. We have a game on Sunday Night Football here, ladies and gentlemen. The Buffalo Bills are traveling to Arrowhead Stadium to face on the Kansas City Chiefs. What a Sunday night thriller we're going to have. Two teams that met in the AFC Championship game last year. The Bills kind of started a little rocky. Since then, I think they've outscored their opponents like 105 to 21. Uh, It's been pretty ridiculous. The Chiefs. Also, started a little rocky. You know, I mean, they got that first win against the Browns week one. A couple losses. They scrape up a great win. Then scrape up a great win. They dominated the Eagles last week, getting it back to 2-2. Two and two. Got a 3-1 and one Bills team, 2-2 two and two Chiefs team. Should be should be a really good Sunday, fo- Sunday night football game. Here's the difference. The Buffalo Bills defense is better than Kansas City. They're just better. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to be able to stop Mahomes. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> Doesn't mean you're gonna be able to stop Mahomes because it's really hard to do. However, that defense is coming alive. That pass rush is coming alive, and this offense, and they can kind of go toe for toe with the Chiefs. You know, they don't have the full length of weapons that they do, and Josh Allen is 100% the running back and the quarterback for this team, which isn't good because when you look at the Chiefs, they got Clyde, they got Tyreek, they got Travis. They got Miko. You know, they got a lot of guys. Bill's got some guys, too, here. Dawson Knox is no slouch. He's not Travis Kelsey. That guy's no slouch. He's a baller. He's going to play hard, play real hard. Stephon Diggs, we know what he does. You know, we, we just, we know, we know what these guys, Emmanuel Sanders. You know, this is the, to- this game, you know, you could think, oh, they're going to put up 51 points each. I don't know about that. Bill's defense is really good. I think this is a kind of a defensive struggle in the first quarter. Maybe points get on the board for halftime, something like a 10-7, 10-10 kind of ball game. Second half kind of opens it up. I would not be surprised, actually, if the it was if the line was three and a half for the Buffalo Bills, I actually might take the Buffalo Bills away. I may take the Buffalo Bills. If it was three and a half, I would have taken the Bills against the Chiefs. It's a pretty crazy statement to make, I guess, maybe, but I don't know. Is it? Bills are a good team. Bills are a great team. I had them going back to the AFC Championship game. Now, the Chiefs got back on track last week. They looked really, really good. Their defense is still super shaky. You can't just rely on Mahomes to throw for four touchdowns, you know, every single game, make plays left and right, especially, I mean, you're not going against the Eagles on Sunday. You're going against Josh Allen, McDermott, Dable, Stephon Diggs. You know, you got you got some guys. This isn't this is not Jalen Hurts. Good Sunday night football game. See what Chris and Al Michaels think of it. All right, here we go. Here we go. Everyone's favorite segment of the week. Uh, well, probably 
you know, I say it's the favorite segment because it's definitely my favorite segment because I love to gamble. Like I said, I hit my three-way game, three-same-game parlay. I had Daryl Henderson over 70.5 rushing yards, him to score a touchdown, and Tyler Higby to score a touchdown. Cashed that one in, and we're going to hope cash some in on Sunday as well. I already hinted at a couple of my picks. Actually, I might have hinted at all of them. So if you listen to the podcast, I mean, you probably know. I mean, maybe you don't. I don't know. Maybe you didn't listen very well. But we're going to start. We're going to go through again. We get the Chicago Bears plus five and a half at the Raiders. I like the five and a half at this spot. I think, look, the Raiders can definitely win this football game. It's at home. They're coming off a loss. You know, they're probably feeling like they really need to get, a, you know, back on track and get a win, even though they are three and oh. Right. Chicago comes in off of a nice win. Justin Fields is able to get his first win under his belt. He looked a lot better in that game. I think he's going to look a lot better in this game. The Raiders defense is so slow. And if Nagy can just finally commit to Fields, finally commit to moving the pocket, finally commit to the RPOs, finally commit to making this offense actually fucking dangerous, the Raiders might have a little bit of a problem on their hand. I don't think the Raiders can really handle a very mobile quarterback at this point. Five and a half, lock me in. Lock me in for five and a half. That's too many points. I And, and I get why they're doing it. I get why they're doing it. Chicago has just looked like shit, but I'm sorry. That is too many points to give a team that that, that the Raiders, they have no idea how Justin Fields played. They've, they've had one game of film on him, pretty much. I mean, you can use two, but they're, they're looking at last week's. That's what they're looking at, and they're looking at some Ohio State stuff. Because they haven't seen a lot of him. So they, he can easily, we see this all the time, quarterbacks, run young rookies or, or you know, backup quarterbacks that maybe nobody's ever seen. They, we saw it with Taysom Hill when he first came in for Drew Brees, right? Fucking lit Atlanta up. That was like three years ago. Lit them up and they had no idea what to expect. He was running around. He was throwing. I don't think the Raiders really know what to expect of Justin Fields. I think they just think he could run at any time. He could throw it at any time. I think it's going to back those linebackers up a little bit. It's going to back those safeties up a little bit. I like the Chicago Bears at this five-and-a-half spot. Ooh, give it to me, baby. Here's another one. I already called it upset of the week. This is a true gut feeling here. It's a true gut feeling for the Bengals at plus three. If this was three-and-a-half, I probably would put $100 on this already. But it's three, not three-and-a-half. But I still like the three because I think the Bengals win this football game. Green Bay is hurt all over. I mean, they are black and blue and red all over, baby. They just are. They're hurt. Now, look, Aaron Rodgers could easily just, you know, come out, fuck, throw five touchdowns, make it look super easy, and the Bengals don't have it stand a chance, right? Because that's just kind of thing Aaron does, kind of things Mahomes do, kind of thing Tom Brady does. But I don't know if that happens this week. Green Bay's been riding a high. Three straight wins. It's a very ugly loss to the Saints week one. Bengals at home over the Green Bay Packers, plus three. They got an offense. They're going to put up points. This is a very, very close game if Green Bay wins. If if the Bengals win, I don't think it's as close because Aaron Rodgers likes to lay the duck, likes to walk on the 50-yard line when he's down. He gives up, and he just takes his post-game shit right there on the 50-yard line. Panthers minus three over the Eagles. I don't like it. I love it. I love the Panthers in this situation. At home, give me the three points. I mean, I would have taken the Panthers maybe at five points this week. The Eagles are real banged up. Offense and defensive line. Jalen Hurts going to be running around, chicken his head cut off all night long. 
That Panthers defense is real. If Christian McCaffrey is back, I'm going to be salivating because I'm going to be love this minus three even more than I do. Carolina gets back on track. They're a better football team. They're, they're, they're a better football team. They're better coached, although I do like Sirianni. I think he's coming up. Better defense. They have better offense. They have a better quarterback. I just I like Panthers in this spot. I think three points is not enough. I just I don't think I think I think this line should have been four minimum four. I mean the Eagles just came off of an and they kept it kind of close with the Chiefs last week. They kind of kept it close for a little bit, but the Chiefs the Chiefs the Chiefs defense is nowhere close to the Panthers defense. Give me Carolina minus three at home over the Eagles. So we got Chicago five and a half over the Raiders, Bengals three and a half over Green Bay. That's two underdogs right there. And then uh, the only favorite of the week, which I don't take a lot of favorites, uh, Panthers over the Eagles. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you have been following my bets, I promise you I have made you some money because I was 2-1 and one last week. Now I will say this. I did tell everyone to go ahead and parlay that bet that I gave you last week. So if you did parlay it, you lost because the fucking Titans lost to the Jets. So that was terrible. But we are 2-1. and one. And we are three and one week one, two and two week two, two and one week three, and two and one in week four. And I expect to be three and zero oh with these unbelievable lines this week. Lock it in. If you do a parlay, I didn't tell you this week, so you can't be mad at me. Lock these in. Five and a half for Chicago, plus three for the Bengals, minus three for the Panthers. That's your bets of the week. All right, everybody, I think that's going to go ahead and do it for me tonight. Uh, man, it was a great night. It, it, I just, I mean, I love watching a little NFC West football. I love talking about NFC West football. I just love talking, period. I love that I get to come out here after the game, after a few, you know, Urban Meyer pops. You know, I had a couple, you know, I had a couple tonight. You know, I always do, you know, had a couple Urban Meyers tonight. Be able to talk a little ball. Love being heard. Love talking to you guys. Have a beautiful Friday. Have a beautiful weekend enjoy 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 the fantastic sunday football we got we got some good saturday night saturday football uh iowa and penn state four o'clock eastern that's the big noon kickoff that's going to be a game ladies and gentlemen that is going to be a football game so if you're a college football fan which if you listen to this podcast more than likely you're a college football fan if you're not you might be listening to the wrong podcast even though if it's an nfl one all right everybody have a great weekend. Be safe. I'll talk to you after the Monday night football game. Colts at Ravens. See you then. Peace.